Welcome to the Baseball Happenings Podcast. Our guest this episode is three-time Olympic gold medalist Misty May Trainer, who joins us to discuss her new step into broadcasting with the AVP. We'd love it if you took the time to subscribe to us on whatever you're using to listen to the show. And you can follow us on social media. We're at Examine Baseball on most platforms. Misty, you know, everybody was super excited to see you back on television and the whole volley community is just excited to see you <laughs> involved again. How did this opportunity arise for you to do the commentary for the AVP Champion Cup Series? Um, I had been actually asked last year, not with NBC, but um, with Amazon. And just due to family, it's very difficult. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm not one. I did Dancing with the Stars. Um, I've tried my hand, you know, any little acting things. I, I don't mind, I guess, putting myself out there and trying new things. I never really thought of myself as a commentator. Mm -hmm. But when I got asked, I thought it'd be fun for me since now I'm not coaching and um, that I do have time and able to have, I would consider family come down and be able to help with the kids that I could break away for a little bit and get back out there and help the AVP. You know, that's the tour that kind of helped us get our jump start. So I wanted to be able to, helping give back and it's fun for me to be back out there again it's fun to see the athletes a lot of them are new mm -hmm. but just to be around the game in that aspect has been fun these past few weeks you have an experienced crew with you uh, guys like Dane Blanton and Chris Marlowe right fellow Olympic medalists uh, who made that transition from playing to broadcasting uh, you know what have they been able to share with you the past you know few weeks in terms of doing the job I was very nervous going in. In fact, I was like, please don't screw this up. Please don't screw this up. So, <laughs> um, but they gave great feedback. You know, I'm up there with Marlo and Wong, and then I did stuff with Dane. And then on the other end, I was over there with Kevin Barnett and mm -hmm. Cameron Irwin. And everyone's just been patient, and they've given me great advice. I actually got on a phone call with Karch the day before I did the first commentary for the women's finals and said, you've worked with Chris. You know, can you give me any pointers of what to look for or how I, you know, how I can be good, I guess, or, right. <laughs> you know, um, since it's so foreign. So he was able to give me a couple pointers, but, you know, I, it's like volleyball. I like to soak up information. I like to continuously learn. Um, hopefully I'm being myself and um, that's all, you know, you can ask for. And hopefully the fans like it. I've gotten a lot of positives, so that's great. You know, I'm, and that's one of the things I miss most is the interaction with the fans mm -hmm. and bringing that fun and enjoyment to the fans. So I guess this is my new way of doing it for now. I mean, right. we never know what can come of this, um, but I'm enjoying it and I'm enjoying learning, seeing behind the scenes and everything that kind of goes into a broadcast. Right. And, you know, you speak about the fans. This is a very interesting time for volleyball because the fans aren't, there uh, how you've been able to deal with that and how do you think the players have been able to deal with that playing you know really just in front of themselves and the staff um i thought it was going to be kind of very interesting and i'm still trying to figure out kind of what teams you can start to figure out i think players that need the fans there to get up and those that uh, maybe i don't want to say are a little self-motivated because i feel like all the athletes are motivated mm -hmm. But you can definitely feel that the fans give a little more um, to the sport and to the um, teams 
you know, during long rallies and, uh, you know, when one, one versus two, all that. So, but selfishly, and I said this on camera, selfishly, I kind of am appreciating the fact that there's no fans because all those players that want to get to the professional level and learn, they're able to hear the coaches. They're able to hear how the players are communicating on the court. Um, so I, for that reason, I like no fans. Mm. Plus, too, I, I really want to kind of dive in and figure out with the um, athletes how it is. I feel like it gives maybe some of the players a little more time off because there's no extra signings. Right. Because when you're at a normal tour stop, you'll have um, pieces that are that are all fun for us, but that can cut into your rest time. You know, you're signing at one of your sponsors' booths and whatnot. So I, I feel like some of the athletes are able to focus a little more. Right, and that that, that could help them with them preparation without like having to run around from you know tent to tent, and then it's like, oh, we get an hour, and the next match starts. Right, but you know the fans are what create the game. The fans create the atmosphere, and AVP is doing a good job of that. It's um, for what they're able to do, but I want all the fans to know that they are they are as much part of the AVP as the players are, and they create that atmosphere, and it is missed. Yeah, you know, here in New York City, right, it's like a an event that we look forward to, you know, the last few years, and it's really excited for the community to come out and see everybody, you know, literally up up close, and we hope that we can get back to that sooner than later. Um, what's that also been like with, like, the protocols and having to go through testing and, and the cleaning? Can you explain from, again, being up close to that, what that experience has been like? Because I'm sure that's unlike anything, you know, you've had to do before. Right. I feel, I mean, this is the first time I've gotten tested and we get tested weekly and, um, you know, thus far everybody's negative, which is great. That means everybody's doing their job, doing their part and really taking this seriously. But I feel as a whole community and world, we're so used to doing the little things now that it doesn't seem as far out of the norm, you know, Mm -hmm. washing your hands, sanitizing. Um, I think it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, you've watched, but instead of the ball um, shaggers then giving the ball back to the players, there's a ball rack, which I think is very creative. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the balls are sanitized. And so the AVP is taking it very seriously, which, again, all the players are doing a great job, too, just because of the test results. Um, But I don't – to me, nothing kind of feels out of the norm, if you will. Right, because like you said, there's all these little adjustments that we've had to make in recent time. Right. What do you feel like you've been able to add as, you know, someone who's had such success at the highest level of game? You know, what have you feel like you've been able to add to the broadcast booth by bringing that wealth of experience with you to commentating the matches thus far? Um, I've been getting a lot of positive feedback. They like how my insight into the game. And as a player, you know, what did it feel like getting served all the time or uh, just personal experiences. Also, too, I because I'm a student of the game and I love seeing it, I'll watch the game as a whole where some players, some um, fans might just watch the outcome or watch, you know, they watch the volleyball, but they're not really looking at anyone's footwork or how their hand's contacting the ball to make it a certain way. So I, I feel like I'm able to add the little intricate technical parts um, as far as that. And two, just um, just from my personal experience, you know, playing against some of these players, what I would do 
I think people like kind of like diving into the mind of athletes. Like, what would you do? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so right, and and that's been good. Uh, are there any players that have you know either stood out or really impressed you uh, during these past two weeks of play? Um, I think the level has been all high um, mm-hmm. because you're getting you know to 18 tournaments, so there kind of is no wiggle wiggle room for error. I mean, April and Alex certainly are the one team. Mm-hmm. If they can just kind of stay consistent. Um, the Canadians, this is my first time actually seeing them in person, so it's nice. Um, I mean, the younger players, you got Sponso and Clays who are, who are good, who are physical. In my mind, I feel once they get the basics down, they're going to be that much better. I feel they are tripping themselves up with trying to do too much. Are you able um, to go a little deeper Sarah- in that? Because, like, people, you know, from the outside would look at it about, like, oh, look, Sarah could do some impressive things, and so so can Kelly. And then you're like, they're trying to do too much. I just don't think, I think offensively, they don't need to be, just from a player's point of view, mm. get the basics down first, learn the basics, defense, be consistent at that before you start throwing in different offenses. And, right. You know, it's, I, because you always need a foundation to back up on. Mm-hmm. And I feel when you get in those tight spots, they can't back down. Got They've kind of lost themselves in trying to be too tricky or outsmart the other team. It's like, yeah, you want to outsmart the other team, but you need to be able to do that from your foundation. And just by having the basic skills and the basic concepts down and that's it. And I think they would really be a team to contend with. Um, Sarah Hughes is in a tough spot because she's just bouncing, you know, mm-hmm. she doesn't have a partner, but um, she's found her way with Brandy. Um, I do think there's definitely stuff Sarah needs to work on as far as um, developing her overall game and offensively court awareness. But everybody's taller. You know, that's the one thing I'm noticing. That's I was the short when everybody thinks, everybody <laughs> thinks I'm tall and I'm only five, eight and a half, five, nine with shoes on. <laughs> I was a short one on the court. I'm getting served all the time. Everyone was six foot plus. Well, it seems like now everybody's like six two plus, you know? Right. <laughs> everyone's getting taller, and um, but they're all athletic, which makes it fun. And do, do you attribute any of that, that change um, because the game has picked up prominence at the younger levels, whether, you know, the emergence of uh-huh. uh, like club and college beach volleyball? I mean, I, I think the game's becoming more popular anyways and i would like to think carrie and i had a hand at that yes but even indoor the just the kids these days are getting taller Mm. so it's i mean you coach 12 year olds and they're looking at you eye to eye you know so it's just everybody's growing indoor beach um but i think a lot of the younger kids because there's so many tournaments and so many um uh, avenues for them mm-hmm. they're experiencing the beach game and having a lot of fun at you know with it yeah they they definitely are even here in new york it's, it's really starting to grow and you know and right. take and, and take off you mentioned also on air about like the longevity issue you know you pointed to players even like lauren fendrick and you know in april and if you look on the men's side you know you have uh, casey and gibb and lucena and uh you know dalhauser right they're all in their late 30s early 40s uh johnny hyden and they're still like at the top of their game. You discussed this a little bit on air, but what do you think is has, has helped that push as compared to other sports where you don't see players in those ages being the still the dominant players in their sport as a whole? Well, I mean, definitely if you're an indoor player, I always tell 
play indoor as long as you can. The beach will always be there because mm-hmm. your body, to me, your body can only withstand that hard wood for so long. Sure. You know, knees start to break down and back. Um, but two, I think the longevity with the training, I mean, it's a softer surface to train on, but also to having a smaller team, you have more say. And I know for me, heading into London, I had to take some recovery days, you know, whereas a large team or if you're part of a national team, you don't get that time off because somebody's going to slide and take your spot or you don't have that say like, hey, coach, I need to take this day off. Whereas if it's two of you, you can communicate and lessen the load and um, be able to come up with a game plan where you have, I think, a longer off season or your training regimen can be completely different. Right. Right, yeah, you, you can. It, it, it's managed in, in in different ways, and you know, almost like what the NBA does, where uh, you know what they call like load management, right? So you're saying that's easier done in doubles as opposed to a, a sixes team, where, like you said, there's people that just can slide right in, you know, and take your right. spot. Right, and I can because even if there was a day off I needed with, um, you know, let's say I was needed a day off, and I was like, ah, oh, Carrie, like I can't go today, and I just need a day of recovery she could go with our coach by herself or, mm. you know, and I'm not saying that happened, but you, there's more flexibility there to be able to listen to your body and, um, you know, what each person specifically needs. But then too, training's changed over the years as well. You know, even from when my dad played in the sixties, mm-hmm. the equipment's changed, training's changed, and it's allowed, you know, players to have a longer play life. Right. Right, the nutrition and the, and the weight training and, and all the other things, you know, that, um, you know, that go along with it. You're right. All that right. has definitely changed. So what are you looking forward to as the uh, they enter the final week of the Champions Cup? I mean, I feel that I feel that a, I feel like the top two teams have kind of locked in their positions for mm-hmm. the I think there's a bonus pool, you know, um, what I'm looking forward to on the men's side. I'm really loving seeing that those smiles again and just that passion that, and I've said this several times from Nick and uh, Phil, it's fun, you know, cause they were, um, you know, we played on tour together and it's, it's fun to see them, you know, find that joy again. Mm-hmm. Uh, April and Alex, I know they're working on some things offensively, so we'll have to see what they bring. I think at this point I've told all the team, you, you go in not expecting anything just to have fun because you don't know when the next time you're going to compete is, you know, I, I don't want to say don't take it seriously because, hey, a paycheck's a paycheck and that. But at the same time, you know, have fun mm-hmm. and be relaxed. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing kind of what teams come through the qualifier because every week that's kind of the interesting thing about this format is each week somebody new is coming out of the qualifier. Right. And these are, this is like a tough qualifier, right? It's so condensed that you know you really you're you, there's not a weak team in the qualifier per se right and it seems so like it's so that makes it fun and i know alex and april were pushed by a girl that was on the team at sc usc when i was there and they were a new team out of the qualifier so it's, it's fun to see um just new faces definitely do you have any hopes of doing like uh more broadcasting or you know even possibly like the olympics if you know we can get there in 2021 I know. I It was funny because every time I show up, I'm like, well, they haven't told me to walk the plank yet, so I'm good, I guess. <laughs> so every every time I leave the 
broadcast booth. I have fingers crossed. Like, oh, I hope I'm. I hope I get to come back again because I'm having fun with it. And again, it's fun for me to be able to um, have a voice and help out um, the sport. But also, to I, I'm. I mean, it's a sport that I love, and I'm living vicariously through these athletes.